Drink wine day. Oh, look at the legs on that. Bottle white sweet Sometimes I even impress myself. That had to be top three, right? Oh, come on. What? Of, of the Marty. That's pretty good. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. A little I validation. Like it. I like it when the dog chimes in. A yippee fry yay to the KC morning hose kitty. What is that good word? What is it, girl? Man, I'm still tired. We went on a trip. Oh, you still tired? Yeah. Oh, girl, we back now. We gotta we gotta clock in. I, Flex. I can't, Flex. man. You know, two winter storms in two different states in that one week. That was wild. Um my body's just kind of like shocked. Baby, your body's a wonderland. Okay, well it's also shocked. <laughs> Fridays on your KC morning show. Always styled. Ooh, that was a good one. Styled. Ooh, another good one. Styled by the homies over Charlie Hustle. What's that promo code, Kitty? It's KCMS 20. 20% off online in store via DM. I don't know. Via DM? I, well, yeah, if you got Charles' number, which I mean, you know, you know, not to brag, but we do. We do. Um, you can hit him up. You can hit your boy up. You say, hey. Charlie, why don't you hustle on over here with oh. them goods? Got the 20% off coupon from the Casey Morning Show. That's a long DM you just sent. Yeah. Worth it, though. Worth it. Kitty, on the show today, we've got Susanna Lee, comedian from Kansas City. Doing a lot of comics recently. I love it. And I'm really excited for y'all to hear this one because Susanna, she's kind of in that transition phase, you know? And we've had a lot of young comics on the show, a lot of upstarts. So I really loved how this turned out. Susanna is a homie from way back, and I think she is. One of the funniest people in the goddamn world. I'm so happy that uh, we're going to have her on the show. Also, we smoke weed together. Now that part. And then, of course, we got a sports thing with Bet Sided's Benny Heist, part of the fansided.com network, talking drama in the kingdom, Kitty. The enemy, Patrick, Andy, it's a whole thing. It's pro wrestling is what it is. Pro football. Speaking of which, we got a show tonight, Journey Pro Kansas City's professional wrestling, of which I am the uh, commentator and part owner we got a show tonight the love below over at blip coffee yeah that's right we do some wrestling at a coffee shop Mm-hmm. that's something you want to be a part of y'all it's a hell of a card too this is honestly one of our best cards we've ever had we got folks who have worked for aew wwe the love below blip coffee doors are at six o'clock so come kick it yeah and, and then watch a bunch of uh sweaty folks literally kick it how's that sound it sounds fun for you. I'm not going. Come on. You watch it with me on TV? Yeah. Now you can watch it in real life. Come on. We haven't been to a wrestling show together. I came one time and you didn't know I was there. Because I was working. Uh, there's my point. I put your name on a list. I know. And I got info free. And didn't even stay. 
Nope. That's a waste of a ticket. I am part of the managerial I, side of these things now, Kitty. That's, I, that's a loss of income for me I and showed my, my boys. Face. I showed my face. I bought a couple beers. I watched a little wrestling. Said hi to some peeps. And then I dipped. Happy Friday, Kitty. I love you. We love Kansas City. The KC Morning Hose. Kitty, is it a good day to be a Kansas Cityan? It's a great day. Great day. Yeah. Good ass great day to be a Kansas Cityan. My name's Hartzell. That's Kitty. Meow. We'll see you in the morning. Top three. So good. Bye. That was really a productive segment, wasn't it? The KC Morning Show. Bye. My friends on your KC Morning Show, I believe for the first time, we're just really knocking out these first timers on the show, and I love it. Susanna Lee, I would say that she was a staple of Kansas City comedy, but that's not true. She still is a staple of Kansas City comedy. In fact, I would say, Susanna, and I'm, I'm, I'm blowing smoke, but I mean, <laughs> you are the foundation of Kansas City comedy, and I love that you're back home doing this damn thing in your city. My friends, I love you. Welcome to the show. Hell of an intro, yeah? An amazing intro. That sets expectations way high. Knock those expectations down into the dirt. All right, you know what? Let's go ahead and start existentially then. <laughs> you tell me, Susanna Lee, what is comedy in 2022 from when you started to now where you are? Everything in between. What's comedy to you? Uh, a torturous hellscape. Is that... <laughs> That's Bingo. accurate, right? What have you learned? I mean, when you started off doing this thing, you have a family that has been in Kansas City media, entertainment. It's in your blood. Your father, Jay Cooper, is the reason why I'm still doing radio today. So you have been surrounded by all these influences. You've made it your own. You've thrived. How did you get here? How did I get here? Well, yeah, I grew up around media. I grew up with my dad on the radio being funny. Um, and my grandpa on my mom's side was a, was a comedian actually back then it was comedic after dinner speaker, but it was a, it was a comic. So it's been in my blood for, for a long, long time. Um, I've been doing it since professionally, like I've been on the road since 96, kind of winding all that down, currently coming to a bit of a wind down on the pursuit of it, you know, hold up, hold up. <laughs> Cause you can say you can take the comedy dog out of the game but you can never get yes. the comedy out of the dog and you my friend are top dog so you say that you're trying to transition but what does that mean well i, I think it means that instead of delivering the comedy on mass to uh to you know tens of tens of people at a time um at these giant giant shows uh I will be doing it more one-on-one, -on -one, uh, making people laugh from behind a bar. I feel like those two things go hand-in-hand, hand. not just for you specifically. Everyone says that the worst investment you can make is a bar, is a restaurant. But for you, I feel like maybe maybe that's not the case because you have seen the whole arena of this thing. Do you think that maybe you are a little bit more ready for this as you make this transition in air quotes? Oh, for sure. You know, I've spent so many years pursuing comedy and it's been great. It's just that, I don't know, I moved back to Kansas City from LA in 2016 and I think it just hasn't really been as enjoyable for me being back. The pursuit of it, it just kind of feels a little bit different in this city now. 
to do comedy and it hasn't been as much fun. Now I was raised, like my dad raised me to never quit. Don't do things half-assed, never quit. If it's going rough, you just keep going. Um, what's that quote? If you're going through hell, keep going. That was, yeah, that's how I was raised. Just keep going, which makes sense when the stakes are high, when there's upward mobility, you just keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. But I don't know, like currently it's kind of been difficult to do comedy in a way that connects me with the circumstances and the energy with which I thrive. So it was like a really difficult decision to kind of transition away from it because it's all I've done my entire life. Everything I've done on the side, like all the side jobs, all the things that have made my life super interesting have been in support of my comedy career. You know, the side jobs have made me interesting. The comedy hasn't. You know, you'd think it would be the other way around. So I don't know. I was doing this show like... I can't remember, maybe a month, maybe two months ago up in Lawrence, and I was taking selfies before, probably to send to some dude that I don't talk to anymore. Uh, <laughs> isn't that always the way? Yeah, and I was looking at him afterwards, and I was like, I look miserable. I don't look like I'm about to go on stage and do the thing I love. I look sad. And um, I don't know. I want to be happy. And so I was thinking about like when am i happy when do i feel like alive what do i look forward to and it's super weird but i look forward to going to work i love bartending i love it so much and that's kind of a it's an odd thing to wrestle with when you've spent your entire life like looking forward to being on stage and like feeling alive on stage and pretty much that's it you know but i was getting my hair done and i was like i was talking and my 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 hair magician, uh, she was a comic too. She that's how I know her, and we were talking about it. And she was saying that she hadn't been on stage for like over a year. And I was like, God, what's that like? And she was like, Well, doing hair makes me really happy. And I don't know why, but it hit me. It hit me hard. Like, oh, bartending makes me happy. Oh, happiness is the pursuit. It's not the pursuit of that thing that you've spent you know, the specific thing you spent your entire life pursuing, it's not maybe the pursuit of that specific thing. It's the pursuit of the happiness that comes from it. So if I'm hearing you right, you you had your send in the clowns moment uh, as you're getting your hair done. And I said this yesterday, we had Brandon Patrick on the show, you know, so much. Oh, I love Brandon. Well, and so much of what you all have to do is the dog and pony show for us. And that's been even doubled down because folks want to come to you to, to make us laugh and forget about all the nonsense that has been the last 18, 20, 24 months. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about the person who has to go on stage and make those jokes. Yeah. My comedy has never been about like forgetting what's going on. It's always been about taking my life, dissecting it, flipping it into something funny, and then delivering it. It's never really been about giving people what they've wanted to hear, which has been one of the hurdles for me as a comic, because I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not giving people what they want to hear. And I'm not saying like, I'm giving people exactly what they don't want to hear. That's why it's been so hard. But, you know, I, I've always treated it as an art form. And art for me, the responsibility of the artist is to create the art and to deliver it in whatever medium, whatever platform fits it. You know, painter has a canvas you know, whatever platform. We talk about like a runner's high, right? When you're in that zone, I mean, there's no better feeling. A high yeah, is you know, yeah. just like a drug. What was your high? And maybe now as you're transitioning, you think, you know what? I'm going to come back to those moments. I know there was something there in that moment and I could still do something like that even if it is a little bit 
different? Yeah, I think probably the solo shows, the one-person shows that I used to do for Fringe Festival, those were great. Those were free form. I didn't have to conform to the formula, you know, the premise setup punchline, and then just do that for as many minutes as we give you on stage, like at a comedy club. I was free to do whatever I wanted. So I mixed up stories and stand-up. Sometimes I would throw in games. Back when I did burlesque too, I would strip on stage too. And it was great. It was just having this like full hour just to do whatever I wanted, whatever made me happy. And generally what made me happy made the audience happy. And I think that that's because they reflect the energy you put at them. You'll do that sometimes butt-ass naked. (laughs) Folks, if they go to his show, I mean, just what makes Susanna Lee so different from everybody else and still so funny? I'm very raw, and I don't think that anything is off-limits. I don't have the prudent sensibilities of some of my uh, cohorts. I I don't like being told what I can't say or can't talk about. Well, don't say f- Well, that's pretty much a lot of what I say. So <laughs> I don't like being limited. I don't like, you know, because I, I think that when there are those boundaries, you know, there's the, the electric fence that you're scared of touching, you can't really move freely. And I feel like on stage, if I can't move freely, then I'm too in my head about don't say f- don't talk about this. Don't ask the audience a question. Don't do this. I like it when I can be free and do whatever I want on stage. And I think that that's what gives the audience the best show. You said moving freely. And I feel like being able to move freely, being comfortable in the performer that you are, is getting reps, paying your dues. And as someone who is also in this media game, you know, I kind of hate that, but also I get it. You know, I'm not that person that wants to get fired three times from a radio station to say that I'm a radio guy. But also I understand Mm -hmm. that, you know, you, you have to go through those ebbs and flows what's the scene like now um i think that there is a lot less paying dues in the way that you used to have to you know you used to really have to take your lumps on the road and go through some significant shit but i think now you can circumvent having to actually pay dues by just getting a lot of followers on social media platforms a lot of the work that you had to do a lot of the legwork that you used to have to do to get your name out there and to get booked and to build your career is now done just by having a certain number of followers and that doesn't always translate into being a quality comic that just means that you can do things in whatever time limit the platform that you succeed on allows one minute three minutes 15 seconds 30 seconds whatever and To be able to do that and to be able to like edit together a three minute video, edit together a one minute video is definitely a huge skill set. It's a skill set I don't have, but it is not the same as being able to hold someone's attention for 45 minutes, 60 minutes, 30 minutes, anything, any amount of time on stage. And I know we're going to sound like the get off my lawn guys, but Uh (laughs) I know I already sound like that. No, no, you make such a good (laughs) point though. I think so much of what entertainment is, is not so much. I mean, I'm going to say it. It's not so much talent. It's just a gimmick. You're almost seeing the industry try to tell you that you need to be passed over, that your time is gone. And that you know (laughs) here's the thing i think that there's this like dirty little secret with you know success based on followers the dirty thing about that is that it looks as though 
that equates to greater talent. It looks like, well, I want to book you because, because, uh, you know, you're so funny on this, on that, whatever. You have so many followers. And what it boils down to, I feel, is that show producers and promoters are just getting real f***ing lazy. And they don't want to have to do their jobs in finding the followers. They don't want to have to find the people. They want to book people that already have that. They want to book people where they can be like, all right, well, part of your booking is that you have to promote it. They want to do as little work as possible. So find someone that already has a voice that's heard. Find someone that already has like that audience. And I can't knock the hustle. I mean, listen, I am the first one to say that I will ride coattails into the sunset, my friend. All of us, you know, content creators, the hustle has to remain strong and you've done it all. And I want to open up this conversation, if you don't mind, to some mm -hmm. of the sex work that you have done. Because sex work is just work. We all trying to make a check. Yep. Sex work is work. I mean, everything is work. When you boil it all down, everything you do is just using yourself as a resource. You know, whether you, you're using just your mind as a resource, you're using your body as a resource. I mean, tell me how working in a restaurant or doing anything that requires you to use your body as your resource, tell me how it's any different than for money. I mean, except for the fact that when you for money, at least, you know, you might get off. I mean, when you take the specifics out of it, you know, you're just using your body as a resource. I think America is so hung up on morality and, uh, you know, religion and judgment. I think that that is at the core of who we are so strong that I, I don't think that sex work in America at least will ever be normalized. Would you change any of it? Your entire journey, Susanna, mm -hmm. would you change anything about it? Um, I wouldn't have gotten married. I married a dude that I knew for three months. Yeah, I was in my 20s and I was like, well, I mean, how could I not know everything I need to know about him within three months? I mean, all the bad stuff definitely comes out within three months. It does not. And then like on a more esoteric level, I, I wish that I would have gotten into the philosophy of yoga earlier in my life. I wish I would have learned about ego and the ills of ego a lot earlier. Probably would have saved myself and my loved ones like a lot of heartache i mean i wouldn't be the person that i am and i wouldn't have this like sort of broad like rich life to draw from for stories for writing for comedy i wouldn't be unique and interesting if i hadn't have made all the decisions even the getting married because you know what if i wouldn't have gotten married when i did i might have gotten married later to someone even more unappealing I'm obsessed with you because you're such a badass. Seriously, with or without clothes on, Susanna Lee, you are the baddest <laughs> ass in the room. Thank always, you. I've always been so amazed with how much you stick up for yourself, especially in this industry that you are in. It's gross. We know all about that. You did come out with an article recently about Louis C.K. He's back on tour because cancel <laughs> culture is completely bullshit. Yeah. Can you explain to us what you wrote, the backstory? I mean, this thing took off. Yeah, it was when he was coming to Kansas City, he was coming to the Uptown on his tour, and I wrote an article that was, I think I titled it like, Louis C.K. doesn't not suck again yet. I'm not saying he should be canceled forever by any means. He's a comedic genius, and I think that he's contributed some really, really relevant and important things to comedy, and he, he really helped develop the alt-comedy scene. You know, gave people the sort of something to look up to if they didn't want to do things exactly the way they'd always been done. And I think that those contributions are important and really valid and very valuable. But 
I don't think that he's made much, I don't think he's made much of an apology for what he did. And what he did was bad. And I know that to say like, well, it's not like he actually raped anyone. Uh, well, okay, but let's not qualify and quantify sex abuse. You know, let's not say, well, it's not bad because it's not level 10. It still hurt someone. It hurt more than one person. It hurt their careers. It hurt them as people. It affected their psyche. And you, you got to make good on that. You have to do something besides write some half-assed bullshit apology. And yeah, he used really great words and he constructed great sentences in his apology but he's a writer at the heart of it all of course he's going to be able to do something put boots on the ground do something to really actually earn some redemption before you go back out and take people's money take some of that money at least give it back to the victims do something to pay to to pay some sort of like reparations you know and what was the response to to your article well the response was largely positive from what i I didn't see a lot of negative feedback and I actually kind of looked at the feedback more with this article than I have in the past with, with other stuff I've done. I learned a long time ago not to read comments, but this time I let myself read some and I was actually really pleasantly surprised. The negative feedback was mostly just, you know, shitty dudes. A couple things. Where do you see yourself next five years? And my second question is really not even a question. I want you to make the pitch not for Kansas City, not for comedy, but I want you to make a pitch for yourself. Pitch you, Susanna Lee. Oh, well, it's hard to pitch me without knowing specifically like where I'm going. I'd like to open a bar and I'd like for it to be fun. I like making people feel better. You know, everything I've done has led, you know, towards that goal, just make people feel better. And I'd like to do it, I don't know, maybe in a different way, maybe in the same way. I don't know. Uh, maybe I could be a little more vague. Uh, <laughs> nah, that ain't you. <laughs> Still gonna do stuff on stage, just maybe not in the confines of stand-up. And you'll still see me do stand-up occasionally. I'm still gonna take any good opportunity that comes my way. And, uh, you know, you'll see me other places too. You can find me on social media. It's like Susanna Lee or Susanna Lee Lucky Deluxe on most of the things. My website. My website is bradpittdickpics.com, spelled exactly the way it sounds. I love it. Uh, and you can find me behind the bar at the 403 Club in good old Kansas City, Kansas in Strawberry Hill, Kansas City's best pinball bar. You can find me behind the bar there on tuesdays and fridays and occasionally other days you know sometimes you can see me behind the bar at other bars just random various ones uh and you can find me at home with my cats um sit on my fire escape a lot you can don't find me there that's kind of my special spot don't find me there. i was gonna say i thought we um, smoke weed on that spot yeah we smoke weed on that spot we do mushrooms in the woods you know don't <laughs> find me in those places <laughs> Susanna lee my friend i'm so proud of you i love you i'm so happy that we've been able to reconnect and all this and again i'm not lying your family means the most to me i would probably be selling insurance or uh or slinging real estate with the bros if it wasn't for oh god exactly so i just want to say thank you there's no morning drive in kansas city just to tell some folks a little history about radio in this town. There's no morning zoo without Dick and Jay in the mornings. Dick Wilson and Jay Cooper. That was my dad. Well, I mean, he gave he gave the world, uh, he, he gave the airwaves a gift with you. If, if it was uh, thanks to him, then I would thank him too because you do 
such a, a wonderful, wonderful job. He and your mother gave us the gift of you, Susanna Lee. And uh, we're all so much better for it. And we're all laughing a lot more because of it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Before I let you get out of here, though, we've been throwing in some music on this show because, you know, I'm a radio guy. I, I love like that. To, I like to have you give us the punchline of this interview, Susanna, in the form, uh, in the form of song. What you got? <laughs> Sending the clowns. No. Um, <laughs> I did that yesterday. <laughs> that's good for Brandon. It was. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I really love the Joan Jett version of Love is All Around. It's the Mary Tyler Moore theme song. Joan Jett does such a great version of it. I love that song. Susanna Lee on your KC Morning Show, my friends. We'll see you next time. Love you. Love you. editor but on this show we call him the manager in chief for bet sided part of the fansided.com network benny i need you to uh, if you got some time can you can you check your birth certificate because i swear man we brothers i swear it i think so too like it it just everything lines up whenever you call me even before we do our pre-show stuff we just hit play it's like we never really go away benny heiss no, you're right. And the, the problem is that like we as brothers just need to see each other more. That's true. And you got you got you got busy life. I got a busy life. Like we, we just we gotta we gotta commit to it. We gotta put it on the calendar. Like what's nice about the show is that I, I still feel like I get to see you even though I'm not seeing you. Mm-hmm. So 
all the more reason, I think, for us to, to get this figured out sometime down the road. Real talk. When is the last time I saw your face? I think I showed up one time. I think I was doing an in-studio on the drive with Carrington. I think I was walking out, and I, I saw you over back during your buzz days. Mm-hmm. And we just we just got talking for a while, and I, I think we kind of had that similar conversation. Like, we got to figure out time to go get a beer. But it, that might have been... It must have been pre-pandemic, Hartzell. That's that's insane. Wow. What are we doing? What are we doing? Well, right now we're doing a sports thing, but soon we're going to be doing a booze thing, all right? Can we do a booze thing soon? (laughs) Yeah. Can we we just (laughs) spooze? Let's do a spooze up. Let's do a spooze it. We should actually record an episode while we're at a bar. Like, let's have a couple beers, start talking, catch up on life. And then, like, let's record our, our next Casey Morning Show hit from the bar after a couple drinks like that like this is we're king of content right like give the people give the people what they want so we do a sports thing in the daytime and then we shoot the sports at night oh this is look at look at how we're thinking yeah this is this is why this is why we're brothers everyone thought we were taking a long walk no 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 oh no proved our point we sprinted we sprinted to it Vinny heist can we talk about this eric Bieniemy, andy reed patrick mahomes love triangle what the hell is happening i don't really know there's a whole lot of weird going on when it comes to this story and for anybody that, that that's unfamiliar um, you know, a site sort of known as, as the Chiefs Editorial Board, uh, which consists of, of several different. I, I don't want to say that they're not journalists per se in the traditional sense, but they they have covered the Chiefs for I suppose a handful of years. Uh, they're they're clearly sourced in some capacity, but they they put together this like very long form piece. Essentially saying that Eric Bieniemy was kind of running the show when it comes to the Kansas City offense, and that his relationship had begun to tear apart with Pat Mahomes, and that his relationship with Andy Reid wasn't good. And now, with reports that Reid and Bieniemy um, looking to have a conversation about what Bieniemy's future might look like, to me, it kind of led down this road of okay, now there's a scapegoat involved with the Chiefs getting out of the postseason and not making it to the Super Bowl with some potential communication issues Uh, if anybody wants to go find the story i I don't really want to give it a whole lot of credence because there's a lot of issues and holes in the story and i suppose if people want to find on their own they can go ahead and search it 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 is available um although it was taken down for a while yesterday it might have gotten moved to a separate medium page but it it kind of felt like a hit piece and and one thing that i talked about as part of a roundtable on the drive the other day was you know, a lot of times when teams are, are looking to move on from coaches, the playbook from a lot of different organizations is, okay, let's let's see what the reaction to this is. In the case of Brian Flores in Miami, and, and a lot of people might know that name because he's you know actively suing the NFL, um, basically discussing the fact that African-American coaches have not been given a fair shake in the process. But, but David Sampson, who was a longtime executive for the Miami Marlins, uh, had talked about this uh, on the Levitard show. And this is someone who actually like had, had done something like this. So I, I think his voice lends credence. He basically says that, you know, if you're a team and you make a, an unpopular move, you know, one way to try to change the narrative is to kind of set up different hit pieces across different media platforms and leaking information to different reporters so that stuff starts to come out. And in the case of Brian Flores, who's a very popular coach, with Miami Dolphin fans because he overachieved, 
instead of everybody now talking about how that was the wrong move and they shouldn't have let him go, they were now talking about these reports that he was difficult to work with and that he posted a bad working environment, that it was toxic, and their quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa, was not happy. So they tried to change the narrative on this. And to me, this feels like this piece about Eric Bieniemy. Uh, having all sorts of control over the Kansas City offense when the reality is is that this is Andy Reid's show and he's the one who you know, signed off on Brett Feach and Eric Bieniemy and the offense still goes through him even if Bieniemy is making play calls. Uh, it reported was basically saying that Bieniemy was trying to take advantage, be power hungry, um, and p- that's part of the reason why you know he hasn't been landing these head coaching jobs. Like he used to look at himself in the mirror, like. All of it, Hartzell, to me, just felt incredibly one-sided, not accurately sourced. And I, I just walked away reading it thinking, I, I, I just don't buy it. There might be there's some very specific details in there, which maybe they have some information that's sourced. But ultimately, like everything needs to add up and, and the pieces just don't all add up in this piece. This seems dirty. It seems very intentional. And once again, we keep on Eric Bieniemy, and it's almost like this hit piece is is justifying him not having a coaching job right now because everyone's been asking why the hell has nobody picked up Eric Bieniemy? This has been what season four now, where he should probably be a head coach somewhere else, and we always end up making excuses for the man who didn't want to hire our guy Eric Bieniemy. This seems so out of left field that it does feel maliciously intentional. You're you're 100 right, and and again, like teams can choose whoever they want. All you hope is that it is a fair process in which you are considering the candidates that are most deserving for the position. Benny, I and if never you look heard at this stuff before, like I'm looking at the article right now, like I had never heard any of this. And you got to think you're a journalist, you're a sports journalist. This shit would have leaked already, especially since bnme has been a contender now for, like we said, seasons. I, I would have thought so. And again, like, you know, part, you know, a couple guys who, who I respect immensely with their journalistic chops, um, you know, Nate Taylor over at The Athletic, who does a fantastic job covering the Chiefs, uh, Matt Verderam, my teammate over at Fansided, who's been, you know, locked on, uh, contributes to Arrowhead Addict over at Fansided and the Fansided Network. Like, both those dudes are as sourced as anybody when it comes to covering the Kansas City Chiefs. If that was in their report, I, I would be much more likely to take it for for what it's worth because i know that these guys are going to double and triple check their information i know they're going to run it by multiple accounts i know they're going to get everything fact checked which there were some factual errors in that story to me it just feels like it was incredibly one-sided that they just kind of ran with the information that they got it and maybe some of the information is good but when you present it in the way in which you do that matters there needs to be at least opportunities to reach out for comment. There needs to be multiple sources involved. And it, it just wasn't there. And and here's the other part. Like you have Chiefs players and and, and the part of the report was basically saying that it Chiefs the, the Chiefs player had soured on the enemy. Tyreek Hill actively went out on social media and said that he's the enemy's his guy and it's all a bunch of crap. A couple other teammates have done the same as well. Travis Kelsey has had a very close relationship with the enemy. Like there could be some back and forth with Reed and Bienemy or Mahomes and Bienemy. I'm not going out and saying that, but it's a very competitive league with a roster that has Super Bowl expectations every year. Like you, nobody is going to be on the same page 
every single day, every single moment, there's going to be back and forth and there's going to be disagreement. Like this is the NFL. So even if that is the case, even if Mahomes and Biennemi don't have the best relationship, which I don't know to be true, like there's a working relationship and it still goes through Andy Reid. So it just feels like there was a very certain agenda that was trying to come out here. And and I just don't buy it because of all the holes in the argument. And they also just came out because they they did take the the B enemy story offline. Um, they they made a point to to try and, and and send out some sort of you know iPhone note as to why. But man, any any time any time that you publish something like that and you don't take into consideration the the ramifications from that, um, you know I, I I think that's another reflection that like you, you needed more time, you needed more sourcing. And again, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that their information is a hundred percent inaccurate. I can't prove that. I don't have the the sources to be able to back that up. All I'm saying is that there are plenty of holes in the argument, and and not everything is adding up here. And so when you make the decision to post that story and then ultimately take that story down, I don't think that's a great reflection on you. Whenever you guys start sending out the iPhone notes, when you're tweeting that out, never a good sign. Never a good sign. But I'm happy that we got you, Benny Heiss, and your team over at BetSided and FanSided because you know what? You can help us sort through the sports weeds of it all, Mr. Benny Heiss. Where can folks find you? That's right. Yeah, they can go to FanSided.com slash BetSided. If they want to follow me, they can do so at Benny Heiss. We got the all-star game for the NBA this weekend, Hartzell. Slam dunk contest. I can't tell you one person in the slam dunk contest, Benny. I'm sorry. Can't tell you one. I, I don't even know who it is either. I, like, I haven't even started diving into it yet. We, I mean, we just got odds uh, coming out on, on the actual All-Star game. So let's, uh, my guy Donovan's- let's make the slam dunk contest great again. Can we do that? Well, the part of the way you do that is you get real names playing in the slam dunk contest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I hate, I'm not trying to, to, to drag, like, I guess Jalen Green. Jalen Green is the number two overall pick in the draft. Obi Toppin was a top seven pick. I, I guess like they're they're decent names. Like I'm looking over it now. Like these are Jalen Green, Obi Toppin, Cole Anthony. Those are solid NBA players. They're not stars, but you had stars participating in the slam dunk contest just a handful of years ago, and and that's really not the case anymore. You get a couple big names in it to hype it up, then all of a sudden you you get it. But and listen, these guys can can dunk. Like they all are going to have insane verticals, and they're going to pull out some creative. Shit, but it's hard to get amped up for it when the common fan doesn't know most of these players. That's just, that's just accurate. Benny Heist, you are a star. I would give you 10 out of 10 on that monster jam you've been throwing down. <laughs> I just want you to know that, brother. I love you. We'll be chatting next week, yeah? Love you too, brother. Yeah, that sounds like a plan, and uh, we got to get that beer on the books. Throw it down, big man, one time. Throw it down, big man. I was seeing colors. What a spectacular presence in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, the rock and roll of basketball and beyond. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, that's that's me doing Frank Caliendo doing Bill Walton. That's the perfect way to close the show. They're playing basketball. We love that basketball. They're playing basketball. We love that basketball. They're playing basketball. We love that basketball.
in a double up and down the court Just like out the king on the microphone So it's Dr. J and Moses Malone I like slam dunks, I'm taking it to the hoop My favorite play is the alley oop I like the pick and roll, I like the give and go Cause it's basketball, but Mr. Kirchner's is low Yeah. 